Oh yeah. Are you awake? You're awake now. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's awake. <laughs> April, right. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to talk about stunt women and whatever else you want to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, that's what we do here. We love talking about movies and, and action and martial arts and horror. And I was looking at your, your resume and everything and, and I was just like, oh yeah. Yeah, we have a lot in common. A lot, a lot of the same <laughs> likes, action, horror, all that good stuff. Uh, totally. But again, yeah, yeah. Again, it's an honor to have you here, and I really, really enjoyed the documentary. But we're gonna we're gonna slowly lead up to that. Uh, the movie Dojo Army is slowly trickling in right now. We got Gilbert in the house, Eric Planter, Jake Hall, Sherry, Heather Love, and uh, soon more will be coming in to hang out with the old samurai in April. Right. All right. This is a lot of fun. So, what got you in? The industry. What what was some of your inspirations? She's like, you know what? I want to I want to write, and then produce, and then eventually direct. Mm hmm. Um, I just grew up loving movies. I had a movie family. My parents were into movies. My dad had an eight millimeter camera, so he shot stuff. We had like reel to reel editing equipment in the basement. We had a projector, so I always was aware of the process to make films. And then I would just see every movie that came out, every genre. And um, so I didn't I didn't initially go to school for filmmaking. I went for computers because I did not have a rich family and I had to make money. Um, but this is the thing I always loved and that I knew I would get into eventually. And um, and I came in first by writing. Um, and then um, one of the first things I wrote that got made was a horror film, a low budget horror um, that ended up being called Killer Yacht Party and got released by Troma. And, yes. um, and I was involved with that process and on set. And once I did that, I was like, okay, there it is. Uh, I was like, I want to direct. Um, I knew I wanted to, but after I went through that whole experience, I'm like, I'm ready to do it now. So I did write and direct a really ultra low budget thing. And around then was the same time that I started shooting my first documentary, um, Going Attractions, the definitive story of the American drive-in movie. So I started making features, and then I made a couple shorts. <laughs> and uh, at this point, I've got three three finished documentaries. I've got a few more partially made. Um, yeah. And, and, and um, award-winning documentaries, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've had a really nice response. Um, a lot of it's it's been really funny this year with drive-ins coming back into everybody's consciousness. And people who know me have known for years, I'm kind of the drive-in girl because I was interested in that subject. And to make that documentary, I traveled the whole country, um, every single state except Alaska. And I've actually been to over 500 drive-in locations, either open drive-ins or abandoned drive-ins or the former site to see what is there today. And I was really into drive-ins. And now all of a sudden people are like, you know, what are you psychic? How did you know? Why were you so into <laughs> drive-ins? How did you know this was going to come up and be such a, such a thing? And, um, and it is funny earlier um, in, in 2020 in February before the lockdowns happened, I was at the drive-in owners conference down in Florida and we were literally having a conversation about how to bring more attention to drive-ins and should they hire a publicist. And Brad Pitt had just won his Oscar um, playing a stunt man, coincidentally. And, um, <laughs> and he said in his acceptance speech how he loved the film industry because of going to the drive-in as a kid. So we're like, you know, can we get Brad Pitt to be our spokesperson? What can we do? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, who could have ever predicted when the pandemic started, 
And then suddenly drive-ins did have all the attention and all the national press and the worldwide attention. And we kind of got our wish, just not in a way that anybody could have ever predicted. And, you know, drive-ins made such a crazy comeback um, in in everybody's awareness that they still existed. And, you know, so that's been really interesting. Yeah, and uh, I really want to watch this. Uh, chat, make sure you guys check out this first documentary that she did. Yeah, it's uh, all over this, the place. This looks on, like a lot of fun. It's on Tubi and Voodoo. And yeah, if you, it's all over the place. A lot of places you can find it. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. You even got the you got the legend, Roger Corman. And I got there. the legend. And that yeah. was the coolest thing. He, um, I was actually at the New Beverly, which Tarantino owns out here in L.A., uh, and they were playing one of Roger's films and he was there. And it was when I was very early in the uh, in the research of doing the drive-in documentary. I might have made one of the road trips already to shoot some of the B-roll. And um, and I just said to him, you know, I, I'm making a documentary about drive-ins. And he knew he was part of that story. So he said, oh, if you want me to be in it, call my office. Like he volunteered himself. And so I did, and um, and it was wonderful to meet him. He's he's a person who's been so, you know, if you know Roger and, and who whose careers he helped, it, it's the list of what most of us consider some of the best filmmakers of all time. You know, he he Francis Ford Coppola was an assistant of his, and he helped Francis make his first film. He helped Martin Scorsese. James Cameron, Jonathan Demme, uh, you know, just everybody, <laughs> Catherine Bigelow. Um, yeah. And uh, all these people went through the school of Corman, Ron Howard. And um, it, and it's just amazing. There's a really great documentary about him called Corman's World. Um, Jack Nicholson almost cries in it because he says the first 10 years of his career, the only person that would hire him was Roger. Um, but, you know, he just he was very open to everybody. Pam Greer credits Roger for giving her a career. Um, and it's true. He, he's open and supportive. And that's how he was for me, too. And nice. after he was in my film, I saw him at Sundance when Corman's World premiered there. And he, you know, greeted me like family. How are you? How are you doing? How's how's your brother? How's you know, and every time I've run into him ever since and told him, you know, I'm working on stunt women. Oh, that's a great topic. He's just been, you know, such a enthusiastic supporter and such a great person. And it's just been an honor to, you know, to meet him and have him be part of my film and, and to get to know him a little bit. Yeah, he he's he's a legend. And I, I definitely have to check this out because uh he the driving experience is. the drive-in experience it's totally different from going to the regular movie theaters. You know, it's like a totally different type of experience. <laughs> Both experiences, you know, can be fun, obviously. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely have to check that out. You said that was on Tubi. It's all over the place. It's okay. on, I don't even know all the places. Uh, but yeah, you can find it. It's on several of those platforms. They're kind of free. Um, nice. So yeah, def- I'm definitely going to be checking it out. I'm sure Chad yeah. is as well. Uh, <laughs> Nate Dogs, Nate Dog says, always enjoyed a good movie at the drive-in theater. That's right. And uh, we got a comment here. This is so cool. Awesome. <laughs> you got a fan here. <laughs> That's right. So you're already you realize that not, you know you've already done some horror shorts. You've already done a film for Trauma horror movie with Lloyd Kaufman, and you're interviewing you know. Roger Corman, you're already family now here. Right. <laughs> you're like already I've adopting. Peaked, We're adopting you now. Where can I go beyond that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the movie Dojo Army, they're loving it right now. But the next one, uh, this one won so many uh, awards and attention. So c- congratulations on this Thanks. one here, the definitive story of the movie Palace here. And, man... Let's talk about this one. What's this one about? Well, it, to, to me, it was the natural follow-up to the drive-in documentary. Um, be, because, of course, I didn't only go to drive-ins growing up. I went to indoor theaters. And I did go to multiplexes. But I also, in my town, we had an old single-screen theater um, that eventually got cut into three theaters, <laughs> um, which was pretty typical. And, um, and I also, when I lived in, in Chicago for a little while, I became really fascinated with uh, United Artists Theater that was on Randolph Street in Chicago. Um, it was just, uh, it was closed. I never got to see a movie there, but it just had the biggest marquee and it was so cool. And it really made me wonder 
why is this place closed? Why is this boarded up? This looks like the coolest place ever. Why would you not want to be showing movies here or going to see right. movies? And uh, and the same thing that inspired making the drive-in documentary was similar. We still have cars. We still have movies. Why haven't these places survived? I wanted to know the story. And so I kind of had the same question for these big movie palaces. You know, what happened? Why would these places not, you know, why would so many of them be torn down? How could people not stand up and save these places? And some people did um, stand up to save some of them. So we still have some nice. of them around today. But but yeah, I, I really wanted to understand why in most of them were built in a very compressed period in like the 19 teens and the 1920s on the verge of the Great Depression. And we were spending millions of dollars in the in those dollars. And we, you know, whatever cost today to build palaces to go see movies. That's how crazy that's how much yeah. in this country we love movies and there are movie palaces a little bit in other countries, but not as crazy as here. Right. So other countries, they might build a palace for their royalty or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But we built palaces to see movies, Just thousands movies. of them. And, and so, you know, I really wanted to understand that whole chronology of the film industry and, and you know, what yeah. and then especially what happened to these places. So it's it's the whole story. Um, and both of those films kind of go together. So that picture, the dog came for our interview. <laughs> and, <laughs> I see it. I see I, it right there. <laughs> actually, it was quite funny. The dog, you can see the dog walking yeah. there, but the yeah. majority of that interview, I had to pet that dog while I was at, asking the questions <laughs> so that he wouldn't make any noise. Right, right, um, right. While I was recording the interview, I had to like keep the dog entertained and pet him. And I, and I think, that, yeah. And, and you're in, I'm you're in, in a the palace right there, theater. right? Yeah, I'm in a That's, movie plus in the lobby of the Uptown Theater, which man, is in it's Chicago. Beautiful. It's one of the largest ever built. It's been closed since, I believe, the 80s. And they've been trying to get the money to bring that place back to life. And it's, it's gorgeous. magnificent. Man, yeah. it's like you're in another country. You're another world in there. That's insane. Pretty much, right? <laughs> and uh, you interviewed a Malton here, right? Yeah, so that's Leonard Malton, and we are sitting in the United Artists Theater, um, which is uh, the theater Ace Hotel in downtown L.A. on Broadway. Uh, that one was built by um, Mary Pickford and um, Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Fairbanks Jr. and D.W. Oh, wow. Griffith, who formed United Artists um, as a way for them to for those artists to escape the studio system um, that owned the rights to all their stuff, and we were taking a lot of profits out of their films they created United Artists and, and that was the flagship right. theater and it still exists, which is amazing. Nice. Um, nice. So I really, I really wanted to film in that one. And um, Leonard Malton, I had gone to an event where he was introducing a film in, in that movie palace actually. And he started talking about the history of the theaters and the theater. And I realized like I knew him as a film critic but when he was making that introduction, I realized, oh, wow, he's also a historian on these places. And of course, the history of cinema. So I absolutely had to have him in the film. And he was so wonderful, so knowledgeable. Nice. And, um, and we've also had the opportunity to run into each other over the years and get to know each other and his wife and his daughter. Um, his daughter and I used to work at the Independent Spirit Awards. So I would see her around there. But, um, but they're All wonderful right. people. They're wonderful people. And um, yeah. And nice. so, yeah, so that one, I was playing it in a lot of theaters, a lot of <laughs> older theaters like the Tivoli. There we go. Uh, Congratulations I got to, on the I got theater. triple feature Theatrical with big films yeah. there. <laughs> That's, yeah. Like I, you know, I wanted to show this just to show that, you know, your documentary did go to some theaters, which is awesome. Congratulations for that. But I yeah. also want to show this photo for the, the other two movies that's showing with it. This is amazing. This is an amazing lineup here, Singing in the Rain and Inglorious Bastards. It's kind of like... In my documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah your documentary. That, that theater, the Tivoli, is outside of Chicago, and they actually had their organ player come in, so they played the organ before my film and like made it How a cool whole to-do. And and that's what I was doing um, when when the COVID hit. I, I was at that theater and a bunch of other historic theaters around the Chicago area doing screenings and doing, you know, appearances, meeting people, doing a Q&A and all that. And yeah. then you could start to see people talking about COVID. And then midway through that week, they're like, the NBA is shutting down. And I'm like, 
oh shit, this is le- this is real. They're not going to give up all that NBA money if this isn't yeah. a real thing. And yeah. I, I, I was worried I wouldn't even make it back to LA. I was like, I'm going to be stuck in some airport outside of the Chicago airport, uh, in, in, airport hotel and not even be able to get home. It's going to shut down that fast. But luckily I did get through the week. I did make it out of town. Nice, uh, nice, but yeah, nice. so I, I was playing at theaters when everything shut down. So that was, that was a disappointment. Nice. Yeah, but you know, at least it did go to theater. That's pretty awesome. And again, yeah. you, know, you know, critically acclaimed. Like this is really awesome. But now let's go ahead and go to the next one, the big one. And I'm so happy that you uh, helped create uh, and direct a documentary about this subject because, you know, I've been watching action movies for years, and there's so much I don't even know. <laughs> there's so much I'm still learning about the business and behind the scenes. I'm still, I'm, I'm going to be 80 years old and still learning, right? Yeah. But this this is a subject that's very important. You know, this is something that needs to be. Hey, wake up! You know, this is going. This has been going on for years. You know, <laughs> you know, and it's these badass, badass stunt women, these female stunt women that are going out there kicking ass, taking names. And I'm so happy you made a documentary about this subject. So it brings us to stunt women, the untold Hollywood story. And you blew my mind. I had no idea. <laughs> No idea uh, that in back in the silent film era, I, I this blew my mind. I couldn't believe there were stunt women back then. I know, right? Amazing. Yeah, there were a bunch of women, female-driven action serials, the Perils of Pauline, the Hazards of Helen, and these things. Um, in the silent film era, they were short; they were like twenty minutes. But these serials had tons of episodes. Hazards of Helen had like 140 episodes or Oof, something. Man. So they were action, you know, franchises. Yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and the women were writing, directing, and doing their own stunts, like jumping from you know a motorcycle onto a moving train and getting lifted from a moving train um, onto there we go with a ladder with a rope ladder. On, you know, today would be a helicopter. Back then it was an airplane and they were doing those kinds, you know. And when we shot it for the film, I'm like, I want to shoot in a historic theater because, of course, I love that subject. So we went to the famous historic Chinese theater in Hollywood. We had Michelle Rodriguez there. She's an executive producer on the film and she was awesome to work with. Nice. And then we brought in Ben Mankiewicz from Turner Classic Movies, who's, you know, a film historian. And he didn't even know much about this until I told him and I gave him some of the preliminary research. And and I should say um, there was a book first, which you have the little logo there, Stunt Women. The Untold Hollywood Story was a book. So this woman, Molly Gregory, had done a lot of the um, preliminary research and wrote the book. The book went up to like 2007. So I had to do more research after that to bring it up to present day. Right. Um, oh, but, nice. she, but she had done a lot of the original. And so, you know, when I was telling Ben, by the time we came to shoot at the Chinese, he had gone down the rabbit hole and looked at it, into it even further. And he had a daughter. So he was really interested about, you know, bringing out, up some of this information about what women were doing. And it just was blowing all of our minds that over a hundred years ago <laughs> that you had women doing stunts like that. You know, it, yeah, it, it's you know, today sometimes people are like, can women handle that stunt? And it's like they were doing helicopter lifts a hundred years ago, dudes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was I, it was really important for me to show that in the movie um, because a few people were like, are people going to want to see these black and white things, is that going to be interesting? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The way we're going to show it in the film and, you know, get Michelle and these people sort of comparing it to to today. And it blew their, you know, when we were shooting it, um, people have the same reaction now watching it that, yeah, you just, you can't believe it. You know, it it does kind of blow your mind what they were doing way back then. Yeah, if if somebody asked Samurai, hey, we need you to... uh stand on this moving train and the plane's going to come by with the ladder, just grab it and it's going to take you up. You'll be fine. I'll be like, no, I'm good. Right. <laughs> totally. Right. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, that blew my mind. And then it, then it was interesting how the, the, the film industry got bigger and then, Oh, it's, it's drawing way more money now. And then the, you know, the men came in and kind of took over a little bit and, 
you know, yep. kind of, you know, we'll, we'll do the stunts where we're, we'll, we'll do the yeah. female stunts even we'll wear the wigs and all that stuff. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but you know, Hey, you know, you can't keep a, a good woman down. You know what I mean? <laughs> they came that's back right. with fire. They came back with fire later. Yeah. Uh, a good example though, is a uh, uh, genie ever. The stunt yes. double for uh, Linda Carter here in Wonder Woman TV series. Yeah. She was great. She was great in the documentary. I enjoyed her. She, could... I mean, I mean, her family's legendary. Um, there's so many Eppers that have been involved with this. But in terms of stunt women, I had to have Jeannie in the film because she's just the, 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 the one that everyone idolizes. She ha had such a long and great career over 50 years she Man. was doing stunts. She did her last stunt job, uh, you know, a couple of years before I was shooting her interviewing for this. And she would have kept going uh, if she could. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so so she's had an amazing career. She's the only woman to have won um, the, the Taurus World Stunt Awards Lifetime Achievement Award. And, and so she's just been, you know, so accepted and admired by men and women um she's one mm -hmm. of the people that have certainly paved the way um for the other women that are coming up today and everybody loves and respects Jeannie. so just yeah to meet her to have her in the film to get her to be so candid in the film and emotional in the film um yeah. you know was really amazing and i'm so thankful to her for being part of it yeah and she she was great in the documentary but yeah it did get emotional later because she you could tell she misses it you know she really misses yeah. doing it and, and we're fans of Amy Johnston here on the channel. She's she's badass. And she even had to kind of calm her down. Like, look, you motivated me. Your That's legacy right. is secured. You know, we appreciate what you do. And then uh, Epper kind of cheered up a little bit more. But, yeah, you can tell yeah. she still has the passion for it. Like you said, if she could still do it, she'd still be doing it today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, of course, we didn't know that would happen. And, you know, in a documentary, nothing's scripted. And, um so yeah, I thought Amy handled that situation really beautifully because yeah, you never know what what could happen. So yeah, that was yeah. a really special special moment. Yes, and and Donna Keegan, oh my goodness, oh my lord, one of the one of the greatest action comedies of all time, True yeah. Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Who can who can for, who cannot forget? You can't forget this scene right here. You, the, I mean, this stunt right here where she's hanging from the helicopter. With with the moving car, they had to take her out of the moving car before it crashed. Yeah, <laughs> this is phenomenal. <laughs> this is this is phenomenal. Even till this day, this stunt it's just it's inspiring. Like it's just it, oh man. And we just watched True Lies, I believe, last year. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, and uh, still holds up today. Still a great movie, and that stunt still is just like man. It seems like it's a lost art sometimes, but because uh, everything's CGI. But hey. When they pull it off, you can tell it's real, and you can tell they pulled it off with perfection. So shout out to Donna, uh, definitely. But what I also liked about the the the, uh, the documentary is the training montages too, showing them training. You know, with the 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 fire gel training. I was like, oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, she was just like, yeah, it's a regular day at the office. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. You know. Yeah, that fire. fire thing. Oh my gosh! I mean, there's so much that we we had to shrink it down, you know, to fit in a movie, <laughs> um, the fire stuff that they do. There's so many steps that we couldn't even show that they dip the clothes in ice cold water before they put them on. And they have all these layers and then they have wardrobe and there's so many steps. And also when you're lit on fire, I didn't know this before I made the movie, but when you're lit on fire, you have to hold your breath. You can't breathe the whole time. Otherwise those flames are going to go in and burn your lungs. So that's the hardest part is Man. that when, when the flames go up, they hold their breath and then they have to act. And you know, right, so right. that's pretty incredible. But yeah, that, that was kind of a neat thing to learn is that they, their nine, I don't think this made it in the movie, but Alima Dorsey at one point, she says like, this is our nine to five, all the training, all the workouts. She's like, this is our nine to five. This is what we do all day long when we're not on set. We're learning new skills. We're keeping up our chops. So yeah. 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 And it was awesome just showing them training, like, you know, you got gymnastics, trampoline work, wire work. Uh, high falls, martial arts, weapons training, 
I mean, they're doing everything. And, and speaking of high, cars, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And speaking of the high fall, you know, samurai. You know, yeah, I'm not that good with the heights. You know, I'll manage. <laughs> I'll manage, but uh, I'm not going to be flipping off the top. Right? It's just like I'll I'm, yeah. I'll be okay. Me either. But I'm, I'm not, not a fan. Person. I can climb up. I just have a hard time getting back down from yeah. things. I can. I <laughs> yeah. like climbing up. But yeah. yeah. And this, so this yeah, is, the fact that they do that. Oh they yeah. Have, what they say is like you have to, and, and this is what's you know funny, that stunt people have to retrain their mind for things that you normally would not do that would normally scare you that you that would you be doing something else to protect yourself and you have to let that go and do something and so there is a a skill and a craft and and just developing what you do and i think the other thing too um you know a lot of people think of stunt people as being daredevils or you know, death wishes or whatever, that that they're careless. And that's and it's completely the opposite, um, because as opposed to any other sport where you might be racing motorcycles or whatever you're doing in this profession, you're not only you not only have to deliver at high levels and hit your marks and make it look good for the camera and usually hide your face, too. But you're also thinking of everything that could possibly go wrong and every single exit strategy. So your mind is just working through, you know, if I hit this and it's a little slicker than I thought it was going to be, this is what I do. If if I go there and the mark is off, if the camera is further in than it was supposed to be, if, you know, if then, if then, they just have to go through every single scenario um, to try to figure out how can I, you know, save this? How can I make this look good? How can I modify yeah. my plan to what the real situation ends up being at the execution and and save a take and make it still look good? So yeah. so what they're doing is working not just in the physicality, but the mental aerobics that they're going through and yes. how smart they are is really something that, not that I didn't think they were smart, but just the level of how they're designing these stunts and how they're thinking through all these, you know, plans was yeah. so impressive. They're just, they're, they're, they're really amazing, impressive people. They, they really are to get to know every stunt woman in this film and, and the stunt men, um, you know, it was just such an honor to, to get to know them and to tell their story because they, they are the kind of people that just, you know, you, you would aspire to be, as yeah. smart and as cool as you know, right? they're and just amazing people. Oh yeah, and you're you're correct on what you were saying earlier about the whole mental thing. And I remember Donna said in the documentary that she, during this whole sequence, before and after, during and after, she was directing herself. Like she was just you know imagining herself being directed. You know, make sure everything like an out of body experience. Yeah, yeah. 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 And but that yeah. one in particular, I think they train. If I'm not mixing up with another one, I'm pretty sure they trained at an airport. Um, where they trained for months with how the limo was moving, how to pick her up. I think part of that shot, um, if I'm not mistaken, they actually did it backwards. They put her in the limo instead of taking her out um, as as part of the sequence. So, yeah, there's so much complexity in terms of what they're doing. Um, But, but yeah, that one, you know, they, they really let that limo go. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and again, going back to the mental, uh, uh I believe, uh, I can't remember the name of the actress that was in uh, bionic woman, but her stunt double, uh, they were Lindsay talking about, Wagner. right. They were talking about her stunt double. Wasn't just, yeah, Rita. There to, yeah she mm-hmm. wasn't just there to be a stunt double. She was like watching how Lindsay acted. And so she can mm-hmm. act like her, you know, taking it a no, whole nother level. So she can act like the actress too, not exactly. just perform the falls. So, but yeah, you got Amy Johnston here being a badass, training, getting the mm-hmm. martial arts on. And uh man, the, the 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 car stunt driving was pretty cool too. I love I love how she was like <laughs> she was like, I trained. He's like, I finally got it. When she finally got that spin right. She's like, I tra- I did this for two hours. I finally got that, it. That was great. <laughs> that day, so that driving school, we were at Willow Springs driving course. Um, which is like the same place where they shot that Ford versus Ferrari film. It's it's a driving course that's been there since the 50s. And all the car companies bring their cars out there to test them. And um, in, in a side 
area um, is where they did the driving school. And it was probably about 115 degrees that day when we were shooting. So it was so hot, man, crazy hot. And yeah, and Alima had all these funny things happen like, with like the flat tire. She she thought she nailed something and then her tire went <laughs> yeah, flat. Was that was crazy. <laughs> um, but that was super fun to shoot. Um, and we had a lot of cameras on it. But my favorite day was shooting Michelle Rodriguez with her regular driver, Debbie Evans. Um, that was my favorite day because... I love action films and I shoot narrative films too. And um, there we go. There's Michelle in the car cracking up Um, (laughs) because how often in a documentary would you get to shoot a drift car sequence with some of the best drivers in the industry? And not only has Debbie been um, driving for Michelle for all the fast and furious films, but her son that we have chasing her in the documentary he also drove in, I think it was Fast 8 when they were on the ice. Oh, nice. Um, so right. he's he's a top driver also. Nice. And then Debbie's husband is, is a big stunt man. And he was the stunt coordinator and had this kind of, you know, planned out. So yeah. for and we had a lot of cameras on it. And so for me, it was really fun to work with some of these top professionals in the business and to learn from them and have them you know, support me as a team, as a director to shoot a sequence like this. And when we had one of the early screenings and um, Debbie and her husband Lane came, we really were driving around their neighborhood and it, it is a private neighborhood. So it's a private road and it's not the first time they'd done it. Um, we had to show that the, this is what stunt people do for fun on the side in in home on their days off this is what they do they train yeah. and they, they do stuff like this for fun um so there were skid marks on the road before we even got there for right. the things that had, happened, <laughs> that had happened before but he did tell me when when we had the screening of the film and they got to see that that section for the first time her husband did tell me that he did get a little shit from his neighbors after we shot that but he said but but the way it looks in this cut, the way you cut it together, the way it looks on screen, he's like, it looks like, you know, a multi-million dollar movie, the way you cut that sequence. He's like, so it was totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't mind getting getting in a little trouble. He felt like it was totally worth it that we got it. We made it look good. <laughs> so yeah, I was Debbie, like, yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a fun fun scene in the flick. I, really, I mean, in the, in the movie, I really enjoyed it. But uh, Debbie Evans is a rock star. <laughs> She is. <laughs> She's amazing. She really I mean, is. she really is amazing. Like, I was yep. just so impressed. Yeah, and, and her sister it's... Donna there sitting next to her. The yeah. two of them are very well known, especially Debbie, as one of the, of men and women, Debbie's known as one of the best drivers in the business of all time. So, yeah, she, she's also a legend. Yeah, and it's just, man, just doubling for the character Trinity in the, the Matrix Reloaded movie. Like, this scene right here is like the best. Look, look at this. This is her. This is insane. Mm-hmm. This is insanity. <laughs> this is badassity <laughs> abounds. Like, cranked past 11 here. Like, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and then I think to myself, man, I struggle with parallel parking. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine doing this. Yeah. Like, this is insane. So... Shout out yeah, to Debbie. People operating in that at that level that are just so good at what they do, there's something special about them. Yeah. I, I asked her because, like, I play tennis, and I I remember hearing that, like, professional tennis players, they think of the racket as just part of their body. Like, it's just an extension of their body because they're just so used to moving with it and what they do with it. And I asked Debbie, does she feel that way about cars? Like she and the car kind of merge. And and I think that is how she feels, that there's just something that happens that she reads the car and she understands, you know, what she can get out of that car. And 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 she's always thinking about performance and who the character is inside that car or on that motorcycle and how would they be driving. So she's delivering performance as well as hitting marks and, you know, just at yeah. such an elevated level that makes you wonder how the, can there not be an Oscar stunt category when you yeah. see, when you see what these people are doing and how they approach it. And, and the Oscar know, goes to Debbie. We need <laughs> to have a, a stunts category for the Oscars and it's they, ridiculous. They that do. There's not one. I, 
I you know, when, once you look into what these people are doing, it's just, it, it's up there. If they can give awards for hair and makeup and every other category, yeah. uh, you know, all the audio yeah. categories, all of those categories, yeah. they can give Oscars for that. They need to give one for stunts. Yeah. I, I, I'm all for that. But uh, <laughs> forget about, forget about going to Magic Mountain and paying for a ticket to get on a ride. I'd rather pay for a ticket to ride with Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I would gladly pay a ticket to ride with her and feel like I'm in an action flake. Definitely. Yeah. But, 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 but going back to some of the stunt highlights here, the car hit training. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're literally getting run over. Like that you know, one right the, there is a stunt woman named Lucy Romberg um, doing that. She was, she doubles M Melissa McCarthy a lot. And that's actually a, a Melissa McCarthy clip. Yeah. So that's man. Lucy Romberg taking that hit. They're taking yeah. it full on. Yeah. And there's obviously you see in the film, there's a whole art to uh, car hits and what you yes. do. <laughs> yeah, there's a skill to it. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that was interesting to me was, you know, how they said a lot of the stuntmen, they can hide a lot of the padding that mm -hmm. underneath to help with their falls. But it depends on the role the female stunt women are, are, are uh, they have. They may be in dresses because the actress is in dresses. So they don't have yeah. padding. <laughs> so they have to yeah. take those hits. You know, yeah. now sometimes they're they're sneaky about it, and they can get those little gel, those little gel pads. They can sneak them in when they can, uh, but a lot of times they're in skirts or something, and they just whoop. Yeah, you're getting, thrown, you're getting thrown through the window. There you go. And you want to know what's funny? Like now that I know this stuff, sometimes when I'm watching things, um, I can tell a stunt is coming up by what they might have the actress wearing because people are getting a little more conscious of this now, especially when you have women stunt coordinators. So, yeah. like, for example, I was watching Cobra Kai. Yeah. And when they had that epic fight in the school hallway, I was watching that and I was like, oh, they've got both of those actresses wearing jeans and shirts over and i i could just tell because they weren't exactly dressed the way they were normally dressed and as soon as i saw what the wardrobe they had them in i'm like oh there's some serious stunts about to break loose and sure enough, <laughs> I was right. so yeah. yeah now that i kind of know i can cue into these things a little bit like oh that, that, those are some pad hiding clothes <laughs> you're getting the, you're getting the eye now right you're getting exactly the eye. that's awesome yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a great fight in that in that. First oh yeah. Uh, but just I love your you know some of the film highlights that you had in here, especially with like Charlie's Angels, where yeah they're just gonna jump off the banister you know and <laughs> collide in midair. Then oh they're just gonna fall all the way down <laughs> to where yeah. they have to grab the the the, uh, the what you call the banner there, and yeah. then they're still fighting while they're holding on, and then they end up falling down, and then they yeah. still fight. Oh man, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's Shauna Duggins and Donna Evans doing that fight, and they are two of the best for sure. And uh, yeah, shout out to them definitely. Uh, but Julianne Johnson, <laughs> oh man, uh, she was one of my favorites in the documentary as well because she's <laughs> tough, man. You know, I'm just like, man, I got this little sore elbow for no reason. I don't know why. I better take some Tylenol. Right. She's like, she's like, well. You know, I still had to do the fall down the, the stairs with, with broken ribs, you know. Right. I don't, want to tell, I don't want to tell anybody I got broken ribs and I can't do the job. I was just like. Yeah. <laughs> and I love I love after the fight, the fight sequence when she's like, you know, we hated those girl fights just pulling hair. If, I, if yes. I'm going to fight someone, I want to punch them out. And there's like yes. this older woman saying it, but that's Julie. Yeah. Once a stone woman, always a stone woman. Yeah, I that love. That was great. She, she, she says a lot of great things, and the, the whole Clint Eastwood thing that she yeah. she takes like a haymaker from Clint, and she's like, "Yeah, that was fun." Yeah, <laughs> he was he was great to work with, even though he punched me over. I fell over yeah. the balcony there, but he was great yeah. to work with. But yeah, I love that when she said that in the in the, in the documentary. She says like, "None of this cat fight, hair pulling bullshit. I want to knock yep. somebody out." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about." Yeah. Uh, but shout out to uh, Honey, uh, what you call uh, Heidi? Excuse me, Heidi the Money Maker. Heidi congratulations! Money Maker, yeah, yeah, she's badass. I've seen her in other things. She's amazing too. So but congratulations many. to her being on Scott Atkins' uh, podcast, The Art of Action. He's she's like one of the newest episodes on his podcast. So congratulations mm -hmm. to I her. I saw that. But uh, yeah, yeah I, she's... Think, I think Heidi and Renee 
like you have Debbie and Donna Evans of that generation, the sisters. And I think mm -hmm. Heidi and Renee Moneymaker are kind of this generation of, of the sisters, both at the top of their top of their game and, and just the nicest, most wonderful people too. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both badass, but yeah, they the, are uh, wonderful. <laughs> Heidi and Amy Johnston doubled for Scarlett Johansson in uh, Captain America winter soldier for the black widow car character. Here. They did. Yeah. Uh, there was some badass stuff in this movie for sure. Yeah. That's Heidi right there. <laughs> Man, look at that. Hey, Samurai, we need you to jump over the wall and uh, roll forward <laughs> as an oncoming car. Can you handle that for us? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Where, where's uh? And look, where's and look at that landing, too, how she lands and comes up Heidi, on her feet. Heidi. Like, form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, right? Uh, and then that crazy cannon roll from the film The Host. Yeah, This was insane. Yeah. Was like, and how, then, do you, how do you survive? <laughs> like, and... and I found that so interesting because Heidi came into it as a gymnast. And, um, and so she's really known for physical stuff. And, and, and yet when I asked her what her favorite stunt was the car roll, because she never gets as much opportunity to do those. And so I had to show that in the film that, you know, it, it was an epic car roll and, um, yeah, it's, it's so it was so crazy and intense. It's like, yeah, that person's dead inside. <laughs> like, right? that character, the character's dead. But no, she's just, yeah. she's just on another level. But again, going back to the, you know, sometimes it depends on what characters they're what actresses they're stunt, you know, doing the stunt doubles for. Sometimes they don't get the padding. And yeah. we hear we have the fight here with both sisters when they doubled for Ronda Rousey and Michelle Rodriguez in the Fast and Furious uh, movie here. But look at this. This all just get thrown. Through. Look at this is insane. Look yeah, just throw yeah. right here. This and some of it is nuts. Some of it is Ronda Rousey. She did do a, a lot of the fight, so it, it's. I mean, it's you can't tell any of the switches. Right. But yeah, it's. But the hard falls. So cut up. Yeah. Yeah, I think they but both you, went over the balcony too, and then. But they did tables. go over the balcony together. Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so impressive. Uh, mm -hmm. But here's another fun, another fun fact. At least for me, everybody else knew, but it's fun fact for me is I was introduced to uh, Zoe Bell and the film Death Proof. This was like the first time I got to see her. Yeah, and she was phenomenal in this movie, and it was such a fun grindhouse flick. And but this, you know, this is the best part of the film. This is the highlight of the movie. And I remember being on the edge of my seat with this. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, anything so could go wrong. Zoe's just, yeah, for, you know, and again, there's different generations for, for her generation. She's a stunt person. Everybody else looks up to loves, aspires to be. And she got to do stunt. She got to be the stunt coordinator, which we also say in the film is there's not that many women that right. have had the opportunity to do that a little more in TV, but on, you know, bigger films, um, they haven't had as many opportunities. So because Zoe and Quentin had such a history um, she got to be the stunt coordinator for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, and nice. there were so many great stunts in that film and fire and fights and everything. Oh, yeah. and Zoe was the stunt coordinator for that film. And she just really crushed it, did such a great job. In addition to having a little part in the film. But, um, you know, what a huge, yeah. huge uh, you know, responsibility to be stunt coordinator on that film. And she absolutely rocked it. And she's just, you know, again, one of the, one of the best that everybody looks yeah. up to. Yeah. Uh, but the little, the little fun fact for, for me was uh, I was introduced to her, you know, to her through death proof, but little did I know I was a fan of hers for years and I had no idea. For example, stunt doubled Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, mm -hmm. you know, going back even further stunt doubled for lucy lawless in yeah. Zena, the warrior princess and i you know i watched the show all the time and i didn't i little did i know i was a fan of her you were a fan time. of zoe and didn't even know it yeah right right <laughs> but man she took some hard bumps for uman uman yeah. thurman man man she took some hard bumps uh but i love how this is such a brutal fight and brutal bumps and i love how both stunt women were like Hey, it was like family. We were all hanging out, doing our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and then the documentary took a, a turn for, you know, the not for the worst, but, you know, it had to get real a little bit with 
talking about the injuries and unfortunate deaths, you know, and man, some of the injuries these ladies took, like uh, in the Foxy Brown stunt, where the, the she had her head split open, and yep. the roller coaster stunt was nuts, where the the, the stunt woman broke her back. Yeah, and for some reason, I don't know why. I've seen Back to the Future Part Two so many times. And I don't know why I didn't really notice uh, when uh, the stunt woman slams into that pillar. Yeah, I don't know why mm-hmm. I never really noticed that until you pointed it out. So we got a shot right here. Yeah, man, she hit that thing hard. Now she, was... she hit. They they were on wires from overhead, and once she hit that hard, yeah. it spun the whole thing out, and she crashed through. See that glass behind? Right. She crashed through that glass. She had to have multiple like facial and reconstructive oh. surgeries. That was a mess. Yeah, oh. I wanted the... to. I met that stunt woman, and um, and I, I, uh, we weren't able to put her in the film. But this was a stunt that I knew when the movie came out. I remember people talking about it, and um, and that you could see it because most of the time when an accident happens like that, that doesn't make it into the film, obviously. Right. Um, so some of the other, you know, bad stunt accidents, they, they just sort of don't want to deal with that. And so that was one that I knew you could see the mess up happen in the fi- in the final cut of the film. So I wanted to make sure to show that in the documentary. Yeah, I, I just remember them going through the glass, but for some reason, I was like, man, how did I miss that? But yeah, mm-hmm. she got, that was, that was a, man, that was brutal. Yeah. And it just put her out of position and she went through a different part of the glass and yeah, everything was terrible. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the cannonball run incident mm-hmm. where the, the, the female got paralyzed. I mean, it's, it's risky business, but I love how the, the all the stunt well, women. And the, yeah. And, and, and we, we talked about how to how to show that and i'm i'm a firm believer in my documentaries that you have if you're going to show a whole history on a top on a topic you have to show the downbeats you have to show yes you know the other side <laughs> you yeah. have to show the true story and so it it wouldn't be an honest story of of uh stunt women the untold hollywood story it wouldn't be that whole story if we didn't at least talk about the yeah. fact that people sometimes get hurt or in some cases die uh, because yeah. there are some risks involved in what they do. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And uh, I, I forget which one said in the documentary, but she said, uh, you know, that death in their community takes a piece of them, you know, totally, but, you know, and that's totally understandable. Right. Mm-hmm. But to honor the, the fallen, uh, they keep doing what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. they keep doing what they're doing to honor the fallen and, you know, to, to keep the industry going. Because the more stunt women, the better. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what you call, and, and uh, I think, you know, and, and films and television have evolved so much now, not just for women, but for people of color, too. Yes. That, you know, for, for a while, it was very white male dominated um, for for action. And so, therefore, a lot of white males were getting a lot of the stunt work. And then if they weren't, as you said, they were putting the wig on or, or doing what they call paint downs so that they could double people right. of color. And it, it really did start, we show in the film that it really did start in the 60s with all the other women's movement and civil rights movement people pushing to get those jobs. So there was the black stuntmen's association that formed around that time, the women's stunt associations to push for them to get the work and to be able to double the, the people that are doing the acting, you know, that they should look like them. And, um, and it's, it's been a tough road, but I think um, in more recent years, because everybody's opening up to this idea that having diverse characters and having LGBTQ characters and having people of different races and women is just good business that people want to see this. (laughs) They like these stories. They do very well. Um, Fast and Furious has always been so diverse in its cast and it's one of the biggest franchises of all time. So it does work. It can work. And now there's a lot more material, um, a lot more shows, a lot more movies. And so that just, opens up the door that, you know, the more stories you have about different types of people, and then you have lead actors in different types of people, and then you have more opportunity for stunt people that are different types of people. And they're still trying to make headway 
not only there, but not in the starring positions, because that's been an issue for women as a lot of times they are doubling, but getting equal play as cops, soldiers, background, you know, whatever it is, yeah. that's been heavily more men than equal and diverse. And they're trying to address that now too, you know, cause that's, that's a paid day of work, even though you're not a featured stunt performer, right. if you're taking a fall. If you're getting shot, if you're running yeah. in a, a, you know, a crowd scene where people are falling, you know, those are stunt people. And, yeah. um, and so every, everybody deserves to get those parts. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, shout out to Melissa Stubbs becoming a stunt coordinator herself. Uh, she was kicking ass and taking names in the documentary too. That was great. Totally. Melissa, <laughs> Melissa kicks ass and takes names every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> she can't not. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful to show her. a tough job. Yeah. It was wonderful to show her. And we actually, uh, I, I corresponded with her for a while. And finally she was on set at the X-Files working with Chris Carter, the creator of the X-Files and they had such a good relationship that she said to him, this documentary crew wants to shoot. And he said, yeah, do it. Absolutely. And he, he just opened it wide up out of the respect for her. We had carte blanche up there to follow her to shoot. We, you know, we got to shoot her um, pre-visiting stuff for him to shoot and her shooting her road chase action sequence. So yeah, the, the opportunity to really go inside the world of what she's doing um, since, you know, like I said, there are not enough women doing stunt, uh, coordinating. Um, it was awesome to get into her world. Um, Shauna Duggins <clears throat> is another one who's really broken ground. She was the first woman nominated for an Emmy for stunt coordinating for Alias back in the day. She didn't oh, win. Nice. Yeah, she didn't win, but she continued and stunt coordinated on Glow for Netflix. And she's actually now won two stunt coordinating Emmys. So Shauna Duggins is really leading um, that charge, especially in television. And she's, you know, I think she coordinates on 911 now, which is heavy action show. Um, she's also one of the best when it comes nice. to stunts and coordinating. Yeah, Glow, Glow is a fun show. That was definitely mm -hmm. fun. That's awesome. That is awesome. And plus, we can't forget, you know, not just here in America, but all the badass female stunt women all over the world, you know. And, and one of my favorites is... Uh, Badass martial artist and actress, uh, she is she is still kicking ass and taking names today. But is uh, Michelle Yeoh? I'm a huge fan of her. Oh yeah, and her films and man, she she just you know that's just how they th that's how they do things in Hong Kong, man. <laughs> it's yeah. like you want to be an action star? It's like yeah, you're being an actress. That's fine. You want to be an action star? Well, you're gonna have to take some bumps. Totally. That's just how it is, you know. And in, yeah. and in some some areas they call her the female Jackie Chan sometimes and. And of course, in uh, Police Story Three, aka Supercop, the big one in that film was she never wrote uh, rode a motorcycle before in her whole life. Well, welcome to Hong Kong cinema. You're going to ride a motorcycle <laughs> onto right. a moving train. Are you serious? And she awesome. killed it. She it's killed amazing. it. No fear. Look at that. No fear. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we want to make sure everybody gets some credit, and as well as the the badass stuntmen representing out there too. Uh, mm -hmm. We appreciate all that they do. Uh, you know, yeah. risking their lives for our entertainment, and uh, they're you know, awesome. Will, I mean, every keep... single every single stuntman, stuntwoman that I've had the opportunity to meet, I just big props, much respect to every yeah. single one of them. And and like I said, when you're making a documentary. You know, I'm making a movie, but it's their life, it's their livelihood, it's their world. So my job is to listen to them and to get inside and to tell the story the way that they want it told. And after the early screening, um, Melissa Stubbs was there for a Q&A and she did tell me, and, and this was the, the highest honor of feedback I could ever get as a filmmaker. She said other people had talked about wanting to make a film about this, have wanted to have tried. And she's like, but you did it and you nailed it. She said, this is really who we are and this is how we really feel. And you got it right. And that's the, the only thing that I want to hear as a documentary filmmaker that I, that I did justice to the thing yeah. I made the film about. So that made me really happy. And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm so glad when people watch it, 
you know, it, it does, I think it does erase any question <laughs> about, whether, <laughs> about whether women are competent and can handle it. Yeah. And, and, and for me as a woman director, I feel like that goes across the board in the film industry, that there's been so many years of people questioning what women can do and what, what women can handle. And when you watch this movie, I think it erases all doubt. You're like, oh, yeah, they can handle whatever. And and so that's the message I want yeah. you to get when you watch the film. Like, yeah, oh, we, there's, there's I got no that, I, I got that message. Yeah, 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 I definitely got that message. And, and one thing Debbie said earlier in the documentary, which I really liked, was no matter what resistance she gets from the people she works with, male or female or the industry, because she's a female, she doesn't take it personal. Yeah. I love that. She says she's a professional. She doesn't yeah. take it personal. She just goes in there, kicks ass, and proves them wrong. That's right. And that's how it should be. <laughs> I was like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, phenomenal documentary. Um, I definitely got to check out the other two. Definitely. Uh, we have some comments here. Hold on. Uh, Jay Calls says, wow, learned all new things today. Thanks and respect to all of the stunt women there. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Jake. Uh, Heather Love says, I can't imagine the injuries and my hats are off to all the badass stunt women and stunt men. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's all love here on the channel. Now, uh, anything in the future you can kind of let us know what might be coming out as of right now? Yeah, I, I don't have anything coming out, but I okay. am about to go on a road trip to shoot a follow-up documentary about drive-ins. Um, that I was actually planning to do before COVID hit. Um, I wanted to show what a struggle that the remaining drive-ins have to keep it going for future generations. And, yes. you know, and even with the attention from COVID, it's still a hustle. Um, and, uh, and so I just want to show that kind of do a follow-up and, um, and I, I was able to shoot one drive-in last summer locally here in Los Angeles. And I, but I didn't think it was right to be traveling the road um, last, last summer. Um, and there is a season, a lot of, a lot of drive-ins this past year, though, because of COVID, because they were the only place open, they stayed open all year through the winter, through the snow. Um, so this was an unusual year, but most of the time there's just a season during the summer. So I kind of feel like I have to get on the road during the summer season and shoot that. So that's going to be fun. Nice, um, nice. And then, and then I'm also in my going attraction series, which I did drive-ins, I did movie palaces. I'm also going to do bowling alleys, roller rinks, and um, mom and pop local amusement parks because those are other things that there used to be thousands of that we all yeah. grew up with. That Coney Island, are... Coney Island, East Coast. Oh yeah, my well, dad yeah, used to take Coney me over. I'm obsessed yeah. with Coney Island. Oh, all um, right. nice. Oh yeah, um, my movie pal stock. Actually, both of my um, drive-ins and movie palaces played at the Coney Island Film Festival. Oh, nice! And, um, and the movie palace is one um, one like the best the best uh, best documentary feature or something. They gave me a, an award, so that was awesome. Nice! How cool is that? <laughs> um, How cool is yeah, that? I love Coney Island. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so so I'm gonna be shooting those. And my personal my family business that I grew up in was a roller rink. And people might be like, why didn't you do that topic first? And I, I, guess, I don't know. I guess I love movies more than I love skating, even though I do love <laughs> skating. And, yeah. I, and, I can, and I am a good skater. Um, and yeah. I'm really excited to be digging into that topic now. Future but. project. Future project. Yeah. Well, I figure while I'm on the road shooting the drive-ins, I might as well pick up the, oh, yeah. you know, the, rinks, Not- the roller rinks along the way or the bowling alleys, especially the ones that – maybe are reused as something else now since there's less and less right, um, right. skating rinks and bowling alleys. But yeah, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. And you're, yeah, on, you're, you're, you're on, on a roll with three uh, fun documentaries already. So we look forward yeah. uh, to any future. And, documentaries I, and I'm working on do. some other things, maybe with Amy Johnston. Oh, sweet. Um, sweet. Yeah. That I can't tell talk her, about. Tell her Samurai but... says what's up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so working on a whole bunch of things. Horror related? Um, I have some horror things I'm working on. They're not very far along yet. Okay, okay. But I do want to know. But I am working on some action stuff and some yeah. stuff. And yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting a vibe here that yeah. you might be doing an action flick, and I'm all yeah. For it. I hope. So, 
<laughs> but yeah, we uh, this was a lot of fun. Again, it was an honor to have you here to talk about just films in general and, and your work. And we appreciate what you do. Keep on doing it. Keep, in, keep fighting the good fight. That's yeah. right. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome to come back here. Make this your second home. Uh, it'd be great awesome. to have you back here and uh, talk about any other future projects once those get rolling. It'd be great to have you back here. You're, you're, like I said, your family now. Martial arts, stunts, action, horror. Your family. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there, right? Yeah, well, there's nothing else. Having you. I really yeah. enjoyed it. You had, you know, good good comments. I'm glad you liked the film so much. I, I really loved the opportunity to make it. It was it was a really fun film to make. Oh, well, thank you. Well, again, it was great to have you here. So, Movie Dojo Army chat, make sure you check out all of April's work. That's right. All three documentaries, check those out. Show support. Uh, keep an eye out for any future projects April's up to. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, we're starting a little early. It's 1.30 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. I'm going to have the director, Bao Tran, of the hit kung fu comedy flick of the year, The Paper Tigers, is going to be hanging out with the samurai tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun having the director here. And uh, Versus, don't forget our Versus episode here. And this was not planned, April, because you're here. This was not planned. But Versus episode, we're doing Aliens versus Terminator 2. Two of the best movies ever made with two of the best female lead action characters of all time. That wasn't planned. <laughs> we just cool. love it. We're just awesome here <laughs> on the channel. Uh, but yeah, don't forget that's at 6 p.m. this Thursday. Uh, again, April, it's been an honor. And uh, don't go anywhere, but we'd like to thank all you badasses for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we we'll see you badasses tomorrow. Take care, guys.